Philippians chapter 4 and verses 6 and 7. And there Paul says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's bow our heads and ask the Lord to bless our thoughts tonight. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, indeed bringing our thoughts, Father, and our intentions and motivations to you, Lord, as we should day by day, even hour by hour and moment by moment. Lord, our thoughts and our purposes should be revisited with you, Father, uh, reconsidered and brought to you to make sure that we are in line and in agreement with your thoughts and your considerations, your intents, Father. I thank you, Lord, that we can be here together tonight, that we can fall into your will, surrounding your word, fellowshipping one with another. Bless us in it, Father, I pray. Draw us nearer to you and help us to appreciate what you do for us and protect us, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, this is a passage, obviously, that we go to rather frequently in regard specifically to the anxieties and the difficulties that Paul is speaking of here. When he says, be anxious for nothing and in uh, those needs and trials and testings that we have, oftentimes we are anxious for those things, of course. He reminds us to take those things to the Lord in prayer and take them to Him often and bring our needs before Him and our requests made known to Him. Certainly thankful when we do so uh, for whatever ever His answers and will might be in those things. Uh, but tonight we're not approaching it from that context, from that approach about trials specifically, but we're going to look at that second part there. It speaks of, in verse 7, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding that will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus as we do this. We're going to come from the perspective and the approach of one who is well guarded, well guarded by the peace of God, uh, the peace of God that's found specifically in the Lord Jesus and yet dismisses that guard. Um, undermines him, as I've titled it. Undermines the guard of the heart and mind. Uh, Paul says here in this passage that to seek the Lord in all things and to bring our requests to him um, sincerely and honestly to him and with thanksgiving again, that it will bring this peace that will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so to have our hearts and our minds guarded, what's at our very core and what's up here where our minds go and the thoughts that that well, can go any number of places, as I think has been mentioned from up here by myself and others uh, of late. To have those things guarded by the Lord is a, well, that's a welcome thing to me. I'm grateful because our minds can go certain places, and I'm grateful that the Almighty God and His Son wants to, well, protect those things, guard our hearts, guard our thoughts and our minds. And that peace that comes along with that guarding, man, I'm grateful for that. And that's quite a provision. Uh, that being said, his willingness to guard those things suggests that there's a vulnerability there. And even when he offers to guard, and he is quite the guard, the Lord Jesus, uh, our Father, the Spirit, as he leads us in the correct places, all those parts of the triune God certainly are guarding us in their own respect. But even in those things, being the best guard that he is, we still have a measure of vulnerability, and that's what we're going to consider this evening. Uh, Paul speaks to that end in 2 Corinthians in uh, chapter 11 and verse 3. He told the Corinthians there, without going into the context of it, you have some familiarity with the Corinthians, if not a great deal of familiarity, familiarity with them. He says, I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, it's under... It's, 
important to understand that he says, well, he doesn't say that your minds may be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ, but corrupted from, removed from, uh, brought down to a lesser place than the simplicity that is in Christ. That, well, that the serpent, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, that our minds might be knocked back, knocked down from a place where they should be, away from the simplicity, the single-mindedness, that very soul-intently purposed, focused uh, mind you know, that we have on the Lord Jesus. So what was Paul fearing here? He says, I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve that this might happen to you. He doesn't fear that Jesus would leave his post as our guard. He doesn't fear that the Lord doesn't offer peace to us uh, when we bring our prayers and supplications to him. He doesn't fear that the Lord's hand would somehow be shortened. He fears that somehow uh, that guardianship of our minds and that guardianship of our hearts would be undermined somehow. What do I mean by undermined? Uh, I read a lot about, well, about those ones who guard the tomb of the unknown soldier in Arlington. I've mentioned that before. And I'm also interested in the Secret Service. I've had very limited exposure to them, but I have had some exposure to the president's, uh, well, those guards, those guards that guard the president of the United States. They visited me at my well, not didn't visit me, but they visited our station back in 2003, 2004. Uh, and the Secret Service, a number of you might have had some interaction with them. They're impressive, impressive guys. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I'm kind of ashamed to say this. I'm not sure. Are women Secret Service people these days? I'm not sure. Haven't read enough. But regardless of who it is that fills that post, they're well-trained, exceptionally focused, they're hand-picked for that position, for that job. Well, they put themselves at great risk. They put themselves under great scrutiny. They put themselves in harm's way. You've seen videos of when shots were fired at the president and people throw their, their bodies in front of the president at all costs without even thinking. It's just a training. It's just ingrained in them through their training. Putting themselves in harm's way, even giving up their lives. Certainly they are, well, good guards. President of the United States is perhaps the best guarded man in the United, or not just the United States, but in the world. Now, that being said, I've read stories, well, written by those Secret Service men of the past. Those ones talking about presidents that they served and did everything that they could to serve those presidents, and yet the presidents undermined their guardianship. They would invite people to a secured place without having them checked in, without having them vetted, or else they would leave that secured place despite the protests of those guards. They undermine their credibility, undermine their job, undermine their position, undermined, well, their intents and their purposes. Some of them might have been willing participants, certainly, but there were those ones who wanted to do their job and they weren't allowed to do so, not because they lacked the capability or the interest, but because the one who was to be guarded wouldn't be so. The heart and the mind that Jesus wants to guard and protect doesn't always want to be guarded, does not always want to be protected. And that's a sad thing. And oftentimes, God's people will undermine his guardianship, not lay hold of, well, those things that he's protecting us in, not lay hold of the full peace that he wants us to have as we rely on him, as we Yield to him, to not find rest in him as we're tucked into his sheepfold in those times when he wants us there, when he's standing out sentinel in front of, in front of us, as it were, when we try to slide out well, the side of that sheepfold, try to go someplace else. Uh, it's not our guard's fault 
uh, when we don't stay in his protected place. In James chapter 1 and verse 13 and 14, uh, James says, Let no one say when he is tested, tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. When he offers the peace that comes with his guardianship, when he offers the protection that comes when falling into the place of his security, his hand upon us, uh, when he offers that, it's not him that would flick us out of that out of that place, nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And it goes on to speak about the conception of sin and where that comes from. And it is from this, well, it's from that mindset, being enticed and drawn away. He's willing to guard your mind. He's willing to guard your heart with his peace. Uh, But it sure is difficult to guard someone when they don't want to be guarded. They have the means and the resources and they're given the opportunity. Well, they will step out. And the Lord doesn't make us stay under his protection at all times. He doesn't make us stay under his natural and spiritual hand when he says, I'm going to be over here and this is where I have, I mean, this is my sheepfold. This is my place for you. Don't step out there. Just as Boaz told Ruth, don't go into these other Field, stay in my field, stay with my people over here where my eyes are and where my authority lay. And when we step out, well, it's not that his, he doesn't have authority over every place, but sometimes he allows us to learn a lesson uh, that we didn't have to learn. Um, what, 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 are, what are the things that might draw us away from being guarded well? What might prompt us to undermine his attempts at protecting us in his peace? Mark 4.19 talks about the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things entering in that choke the word and cause it to become unfruitful. Sometimes it's just merely curiosity. Kids want to be outside of the thumb of their guardian at the time. You know, their parent, they want to go off and they want to go all do their own thing because they're curious about things. We can be curious about the world, curious about the things that God wouldn't have us involved in. We might have an interest in doing what everyone else is doing. We might simply have just a plain desire to sin. And we know that that's not where the Lord would have us. And that would draw us to sneak out. To sneak out of where he would be protecting us. Uh, On kind of a headier level, you might say that we might not actually want his peace. The peace that comes with that. Even though he tells us not to be anxious for anything, sometimes there's kind kind of a weird, morbid comfort. And holding on to our own anxieties. Holding on to those things. Holding on to our own lack of peace. Sometimes we feel just a little bit crutched. And it helps us to justify things when we hang on to those things that he wouldn't have us to hang on to. When he offers peace. Sometimes. And I say morbid intentionally because sometimes sometimes we might do that intentionally. And that's, that's wrong. We need not undermine his efforts at guarding us with his peace. We need to intentionally seek the Lord, intentionally bring those things to him that trouble us, intentionally bring our weaknesses to him with honesty and sincerity. Uh, And he will guard us in the manner that he deems perfect, in the manner that he deems right, in the manner that he deems just, and it will be exactly perfect for what we need. Saints, may we not undermine, undermine our guardian's intent to guard us. Stay in his sheepfold. Stay in his fields. Stay in his place. Uh, It's a different context, but in 1 Corinthians 7.35, and I'll close with this. In 1 Corinthians 7.35, Paul is speaking to people who would be married or 
Consider Mary. And he says, and this I say for your own profit. He gave them some direction. Uh, at, at different times, he says, well, Paul expresses that it's, well, it's good for you not to be married, particularly if that's what the Lord has for you. Because there are distractions that come, even from those things that are good, from wanting to do good for your, for your spouse. But he says this in 1 Corinthians 7.35, this I say for your own profit, your own benefit. Not that I may put a leash on you. I like the way he puts that. God's not trying to put a leash on you to keep you as his lapdog, as his pet. Not allowing you to have any fun or not allowing you to partake of the things of the world that, that you'd regret not doing and so on and so forth. Not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. And serving the Lord sometimes, in a very real sense, is to allow that almighty God to guard you, to protect you. To give you the peace that you need. We need his peace. When we struggle and when we come into those trials that, that well, are guaranteed to well assail us at different times. Not overwhelm us as we trust in him. But certainly attempts to overwhelm us. We bring those to him. And it is his will that we would have peace. That we would be guarded by him. Saints, allow him to guard you. What a provision it is that the almighty God wants to do so. Let the son of God guard you. And keep your heart and mind in his perfect peace. That's all that I have for you this evening.